You found it. No nonsense. No scripts. Real people on real issues. Hard hitting and action packed with logic, reason, and common sense. Everything you need and everything you've been looking for in a podcast. This is Dynamic Independence with Johnny Anderson, Bruce Adams, Marty Foster, and GP. Welcome to it. Can you believe it's Wednesday already? Uh, no, actually, I can't. It, uh, I can't either. I, I actually thought yesterday was, or today was Monday. I thought I the, yesterday was Monday. Or, uh, yeah. no. I th- yeah, I thought yes. I thought, I'm, tr- I'm trying to work my, because we do these one day early, so I'm trying to work. Yeah, okay. Yesterday actually was Monday, but by the time this comes out, then yesterday will have been Tuesday, and Monday would have been the day before. Yeah. I'm yeah. trying to work it in my yeah. head. How you doing? Yeah, healthy and alive, yeah. Still. That's great. Still, uh, That's great. Yeah. Are you, uh, do you have your vaccine appointment? Oh, hell no. No? Well, the no. day you've been waiting for has arrived. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. See, See, you have everything you need now. You've been waiting on that approval that you've so desperately been seeking, I'm sure. And it's here. It's here. Now, why wouldn't you just take it? Yeah, um, that was never a consideration, whether it was uh, approved or not. That was something we've talked about, you know, saying that this isn't even approved of when they were mandating it and pushing it like they were. But that was never a concern of mine with, with this. My concern is the Fed, the mainstream media, the corporate media, all the social medias and all the lemmings are pushing. You have to get this vaccine. Yeah, that was my concern. You know, as soon as we started seeing all that propaganda pop up around it, I thought, hang on a minute, this is not good. And then as I saw more and more from Trump and how he is still to this day, to this day, he is still pushing it. He was at that event two nights ago in Alabama and he was speaking on it there. He was batting a thousand until he said something about that vaccine. You had 50,000 people there, 49,500 of them were booing him. How on earth can you still, like, you, you got to take him to the woodshed for that. You got to take him to the woodshed for that. You have to. There, there's no excuse for it. It'd be one he, well, thing. He's such. Uh, well, it'd be one thing if, it, I, I get what you're saying. He's, he's, he's like, he's egotistical and he's, he's all about his legacy. I think that's where you're going to go with it. Maybe I'm wrong, but, and, but that's what he is. Uh, but. At the same time, okay, I see where he was coming from in the first, you know, iteration of it. I see where he's coming from. But you have to be willing to admit that you've been conned here. You have to admit that the people that you wanted to take over the agenda from barged in and took everything over. If he said that, if I mean, it's, it's too late for that now. But if he would have said that in the initial stages when all of this started going to hell, you could have gotten a pass. You could have gotten a pass. Not now. Not now. It's too late for that. So he's uh, he's enough of a media mogul that I think he took the message. I, I think he's uh, I, I think he's understood now that um, the people aren't on the same page as he is. Uh, they, they don't see it the same way he does. So I don't know. Maybe this will be the last time that he pushes it. We'll, we'll see. I don't know. He comes out and he makes a statement a while back about how if he would have known that uh, big tech was going to be this big of a problem, he would have dealt with it. If he would have known that 
uh, Fauci was uh, a lying snake and everything, he would have fired him. I, th- I thought, well, no, there's, there's no way you could not have known that. There's no way. No, I, I'm sorry. There, there's no way. Especially with all the people getting banned and all the people screaming about it prior to. There's no way. There's no way. So he knew after after the four years or hell, even just two years of it, he should have known that the media were this bad. He said they were the enemy of the people in the very like when he first took office and then they spent four years trying to destroy his legacy and name. I mean, he should have known pretty soon on that the media were worse than what he thought. He should have. But at the same time, he's an entertainer, isn't he? He's all about the media. You know, he wants the media to sparkle and shine and fawn all over it. You know, even if it's in a bad light, because then he can come out and play the uh, the opposite side of that. So I can see where he's coming from there. But as far as all of the uh, the issues with the tech companies and with pharma and with uh, Fauci and company. No, no, I'm sorry. Uh, I'm sorry. If I'm going to if I'm going to have a sit down with Bill Gates and I'm going to ask Bill Gates a question about vaccines and them harming people and he says that's a dead end and that's the end of the conversation, then that means I'm going to look into it even more. I don't just dismiss it. By the way, that conversation between those two happened. But maybe I'm kind of sidestepping it here. But uh, Bruce, don't you think now you say that you you haven't been waiting on the approval. of <laughs> You haven't been waiting on that. Jack Posobiec. I talked about Jack Posobiec before. All right, Jack Posobiec put out a tweet yesterday. Actually, I'm sorry, it was not a tweet. It was, or it could have been on his Twitter feed. I'm not sure. I follow him on Telegram because I'm not on, uh, I'm not on Twitter. But he posted this on Telegram yesterday, and see, because he he kind of he's a former intelligence guy, right? Former naval, naval intelligence officer, and sometimes he talks a little bit cryptically, just a little bit, and sometimes you have to kind of decipher what he's trying to say. And he put that he put out this statement yesterday on Biden when it comes to these uh, COVID vaccines, because you notice that Biden is not getting uh, any questions about Afghanistan. Now, he's not speaking on Afghanistan at all. He's just sticking with the COVID stuff. And the alt media, be it OAN or Newsmax or any of these things, they can't get anywhere near questioning Joe Biden. All he gets are scripted questions by select few people, and then he walks off into the sunset. No one's allowed to ask him any real questions. The most they get is sitting at the uh, the White House press room, listening to Jen Psaki. We got something coming up with her, uh, from her here very shortly. But anyway, Pasovic puts this out yesterday. He says, people still aren't getting it. The White House knows the one place he still has some support is COVID. And that is why they keep having Biden speak about vaccines without taking questions about Afghanistan. You aren't the intended audience. What do you think he means by that? Well, you aren't the intended audience would be, I'm assuming, because he said it to his followers, the people that are, are following him. Mm-hmm. Um, now, they're to that probably point, a- to, to that point, I do know of a person because we, we were looking at the uptake of COVID-19 vaccines before. We were looking at the ones that had high school and some college and the PhDs. They were the opposite ends of the spectrum that were hesitant and would do research and would you know pay attention to what was actually happening, look at the data and things like that and make up their own decision. The ones you were seeing the largest uptake from were the four-year college graduates and those with a master's, up to a master's degree. And I know uh, somebody told me the other day that they've been waiting, who, master's degree, they've been waiting for approval and now that it has approval, oh, now they're going to make an appointment and probably go get it. So is that the intended audience? Sort of. I think the intended audience is those that are already on board with the vaccines, the vaccine mandates, all that, the the lemmings that have already gotten the jab. I I think the rhetoric 
for the vaccine is for them. Um, the people that are following uh, Jack are not. Uh, I don't. I don't think they're the lemming type. They're they're the ones that are going out and getting the vaccines. They're the ones that are pissed about Afghanistan and and pissed about uh, at least the mandates and the lockdowns. Uh, so yeah, they're not the intended audience. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, I, I guess. Okay, so he's talking about it in a literal sense then. When he's saying you are not the intended audience, he's he's literally speaking to his followers then. That's how I would take it. Yeah. Well, for an intended audience, don't you think you would do better? Maybe since you're one of the hesitant people, vaccine hesitant people, I'm sorry, I have to put it like this. In order to be vaccine hesitant, don't you have to be hesitant about a vaccine? I'm just saying. I mean, this isn't a vaccine. The only that's my point. Well, even to the even to the point of saying it was a vaccine for me to be vaccine hesitant, I would have had to have been hesitant of all the other vaccines that I've already taken. Yeah, uh, and I'm, I Same. wasn't. Uh, well, actually, I was hesitant because it was needles and I have a thing about not liking needles, but that's that's another story. So, <laughs> well, don't you think that you would do better with the carrot and the stick method? Maybe I've got a bigger stick. You have a bigger stick. Well, it's kind of like what Dr. Liana Wen said. What's the carrot going to be if we if we allow reopenings and people have all these freedoms? Well, then people aren't going to take the vaccine. Uh, yeah, lady, that's the point. I don't hear too many people talking about social distancing in Afghanistan, do you? I don't hear anything about that. No, no. I don't hear anything about social I, well, distancing on flights coming out of Afghanistan, do you? I was going to say, they, they, they probably do talk about social distancing. Uh, cram in closer so we can fit more people on this plane is probably uh, what it is and not, yeah. uh, you know, spread out. Yeah. But I want to, I want to, before we get away from it, I want to, I want to point something out about the carrot and stick. Carrot and stick is a, that, that is a... Uh, method, a system that you use on children. That is a that that is a system you use. Uh, with my growing up, right? I'll use an example. My my when I was a kid, my grandmother. There was like a certain day of the week we would go shopping every for like groceries, and it was always a carrot or a stick scenario for me to keep me uh, from from being a pain, right? It was, we'll go and get a Happy Meal after, or we'll, you'll get like a little quarter, you know, one of the little, you know, the quarter machine things that had the little toy in there and the little plastic ball. Yeah, it was, it was something like that. And she would have a carrot and a stick, you know, and if you don't mind, then you get in trouble and blah, 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 whatever. That, that's something you do with a child, not something you do with adults. When you try a carrot and stick with adults, adults pull out their own stick in retaliation. New York Mayor Bill de Blasio has decided that he wants to try a carrot in the stick method. Maybe it'll work. I don't know. Let's hear what he has to say. Look, human beings do well when they have carrot and stick. So uh, a mandate helps people to realize it's time. FDA final approval on Pfizer said it's time. Now, the Biden administration could do something else that would really help us all move forward, speed the approval of the vaccine for the 5 to 11-year-olds. It's time for that. Look, if we can get that last piece done, because right now we can vaccinate kids 12 and up. We're having a lot of success in New York City getting that done. But we need that last piece. And we need every child in America back in school. So I know Joe Biden cares to his great credit. I know the team's working nonstop, but they've got to make this a central priority. Get uh-huh. that vaccine ready for the five to 11 year olds. And then wow. there's not even a question anymore about our schools. Everyone in the school building at that point could be vaccinated, should be vaccinated. We just talked. What? Why? Five, five to why? They're telling kids in Germany that are of this other age range. Don't take it. Why would you say go after that 
group of a group of kids. Why, why would you why would you even think that? There's no there's no scientific basis for any of this. This man, this scumbag, this guy's not a doctor. He's nothing of the sort. This is the same bum that was up there a few months ago selling you on burgers and fries and shakes from Shake Shack to get a jab. And then a couple of weeks ago, he says, oh, the days of us being nice. Oh, that's over. Do as you're told, peasants. Do as you're told. That is what I hear when they say stick, carrot and stick. Do as you're told, peasant. Slave. How can you say something like that, Bruce? I mean, don't you understand that they care about your health? Can, can they you care not... about their pocketbooks and po pocketbooks and their investments? And how can you yeah. say that? How can you say that when you've got someone up there that's such as Mayor Bill de Blasio that is trying to save lives? Damn it. That's what he's trying to do. He's trying to save lives. Can't you hear the sincerity in that that man's voice? <laughs> he's trying to save. Li how am I doing with this? You know, here in the uh, in the Midwest uh, and in the South, we, we kind of have this idea that the character of you as a person uh, can be seen based on your family, right? How your family acts, how well you get along with your family. Um, now, if I recall correctly, wasn't his daughter arrested for throwing? Yeah, she was throwing bricks at police uh, during yeah. the riots last May. Yeah. Hmm. So that kind of shows a little bit of a problem there uh, on the home front. Yeah, I also think that she was doing like uh, she was doing like and this is I'm sorry, this is I know it's a family show and all, but like this was public. She was actually she was putting like naked photos of herself out there on Instagram on a New York subway car or something. It was, it was disgusting. This is a real degenerate we're talking about here. And she comes from two loser parents. So, it, it, yeah, it, I know exactly what you mean. Midwest. Yeah, that's what we do. We judge somebody based on, oh, well, yeah, you might want to watch out for that one when they get older, because those two parents, yeah, they were in a lot of trouble when they were kids. So uh, stands to reason that, um, you know, you're probably going to end up with a problem with that one, too. So you might want to just steer clear of that. Yeah, you're right. You're right. But maybe I'm passing off judgment too much on Mayor Bill de Blasio. Maybe I'm doing that just a little bit too much. I don't know. Let's look at maybe the uh, the sainted Dr. Anthony Fauci, maybe. Maybe he cares more about your health than Mayor Bill de Blasio does. Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. Do you think he does? He's had a great track record thus far. I mean, he's a doctor after all. He right? is a he doctor. went into that yeah. field to help people. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he, has a, he is a doctor. Apparently, he hasn't seen a patient in over 20 years. But yeah, he is a doctor. And not only that, he is the highest paid government employee. And he also sits on the board of the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. He's a board member there. And he also has many investments in pharmaceutical companies, too, as well. And these are the same people that are pushing uh, therapeutics, treatment options, vaccines, you know, <laughs> those kinds of things. Yeah, no. uh, this that, is that, also that, those are just those are just coincidences. That, oh, that, just that coincidence. Oh. With, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, it's it's just a it's just a coincidence. Oh, I'm I'm just curious. Um, was this a coincidence when this was said back in uh, 2015 at a private dinner of shareholders and investors and university people? The issue of pandemic uh, preparedness, and if there's one message that I want to leave with you today, based on my experience, and you'll see that in a moment is that there is no question that there will be a challenge to the coming administration in the arena of infectious diseases, both chronic infectious diseases in the sense of already ongoing disease, and we have certainly a large burden of that, but also there will be a surprise outbreak. Was that a coincidence? I mean, I'm just asking the question. You said, well, it's just, just a coincidence. He happens to have all of those investments, and then he says something like that before Trump takes office. On top of that, he gets questioned by Senator Kennedy, Senator Paul, Senator Marshall, gets drilled about 
Uh, hey, why don't you tell us why that spike protein that you developed is also the same spike protein on the SARS-CoV-2 virus? Why don't you tell us about that? Oh, I, I'm sorry. I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, what? What research paper are you referencing? Uh, yeah, well, I, I, I don't know there. Well, sorry, Senator. I, I, don't, I don't understand what you're referencing there. Why don't you tell us about uh, the gain-of-function research that you did at the Wuhan lab? Oh, no, we didn't do any gain-of-function research at the Wuhan lab. Well, yes, you did. As a matter of fact, the NIH grant numbers are on the research papers from the Wuhan lab. You actually funded that. You notice it's been spiraling out of control ever since then, ever since those hearings, ever since Senator Paul said to his face and Fauci was shaking. And when I say shaking, I mean shaking off camera, trying to hide it, shaking. They knew the establishment and the people that run Fauci. Fauci's a front man. The people that were behind Fauci, they knew at that point that they were cooked. Their goose was cooked. And so they have been absolutely putting their foot to the floor in all of this COVID stuff everywhere, everywhere. And then, of course, they stacked Afghanistan on top of it, didn't they? Which we'll get to Afghanistan here in just a minute. Dr. Fauci on CNN's Anderson Cooper. But the other thing that you just mentioned now is they're going to give a lot of incentive and backing for a lot of institutions and organizations and places of employment to mandate. And that could be colleges, university, the military organizations that employ a lot of people. Some of the big corporations are going to say, if you want to work for us in person, you've got to be there and get vaccinated. And I think that's a good thing. I know I respect people's freedom. But when you're talking about a public health crisis that we've been going through now uh -huh. for well over a year and a half, the time has come. Enough is enough. We've just got to get people vaccinated. You see, Bruce, enough is enough. Just I know you 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 care about your your political statement or what it is. But what did he say last time? Get over it. Yeah, just just get over it. Go out and do it. Uh, OK, well, let's let's look at this. You're telling people to now because they've approved this, whatever this is, they've now said, OK, well, now we're going to start mandating it. You're mandating something that doesn't even work. Think about the level of that. They're mandating something that doesn't even work. It is out of Israel today. Today, they want the opposition is wanting to call an emergency meeting in the parliament because they are seeing a massive surge in their hospitals of vaccinated people. And they're wanting to know why. That's not me saying that. That's not even the Western media saying that. They don't want to touch this with a 100-foot barge pole. That's the Jerusalem Post saying it. Uh, why are all these people going into the hospital that are vaccinated? And then you've got the prime minister out there now. Uh, I think it's Naftali Bennett or whatever his name is. Uh, mm -hmm. He's he's out there saying everybody needs a third jab now because everybody that's been vaccinated is going to the hospital. Everybody needs it. No. Huh. Hell no. Even Bill Maher. Bill Maher. The guy that is double jabbed got COVID and is back on the air. And he's saying, I don't want a booster shot. I don't need a booster shot. Bill Maher. You know, the far left guy, Bill Maher, that guy. Yeah, him. The one that has an audience of what he called brainwashed liberals. <laughs> he actually called his audience that. Don't don't worry about my audience. They're just brainwashed liberals. And the audience laughed I mean, at him. I mean, he's but but Bill Mar Bill Mars old school though, right? He he's old school. He's at least as as left as he is. Bill is at least willing. He's he's somebody in the in the in the mainstream that is at least willing to have people on and have a discussion about something. He's at least willing to do that. A lot of these people, especially uh, these modern ones, he says no. No. But He's now saying that maybe the maybe the millennials are right when it comes to uh, these these vaccines. Maybe they're right. Maybe they're on to something. He says, I, I got double vaccinated. And he says, and I got covid. He says but maybe these these ones that are out there that are uh, that are not doing. He says, maybe they're on to something. I don't know. 
Why is why is it specifically why is it specifically millennials are the ones that are questioning this? Apparently, this is the big group. This like this is the group that has a problem. Is this is uh between that and and the younger age? So the the one group that they're having issues with is the twenty to forty nines. I told you they're classifying that. So mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you and I are in the same the same uh, categorization for that. Twenty to forty nine, they're classifying that as one group of people, and that seems to be the area that age range is where they're having the least amount of uptakes. Is that at one point I'm I'm baffled by that at, at one direction because coming at it from one side, that is also one of the l furthest left generations that we've had in a very long time. And they're, and they're thinking. So if you're thinking of the collective, the hive mind, wouldn't you want to go out and get a vaccine for the benefit of the, the hive? I, I, I don't I don't understand from that perspective. But then if each person is thinking individually, they'll realize that I'm of the least vulnerable uh, or one of really the least vulnerable is uh, 16 and younger. But your chances of getting COVID and dying or even going to the hospital is minute at best. We're ninety nine. Excuse me, minute at it, worst. Yeah, it, in our in our age range, that so the, the group that they're classifying twenty to forty nine, we're ninety nine point nine seven percent on survivability of it. You literally have a higher risk of contracting the influenza virus at that point. At that point, you have a higher risk. It, the the influenza is what is it point point three or something? Is that is that what it is? Or is it point point one one point one five? 0.15. Okay. Yeah. You actually, you literally have a higher risk of contracting the flu and dying. Yeah. And, and dying from it. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what the hospitalization rate is compared to COVID. I think it's um, pretty similar. Yeah. I, I think it is. I honestly, I think flu is, is pretty bad. Uh, it, it literally yeah. is pretty bad, but now they're, they're calling it COVID. So, I mean, you can't, you can't even gauge what the flu yeah. is anymore. And they're, what do you think they're going to do this year? All those people that have been double jabbed that are now immunocompromised because of it. Uh, and I'm not saying that I'm not the one saying that I'm going to play a clip here in just a few minutes of a doctor from Oxford who is going to say that. Okay. So let's get to this next clip here of, uh, Dr. Anthony Fauci. Would you believe he's extended the deadline again for reaching herd immunity, that elusive herd immunity? Now, now it's, it's going to be into the spring of, well, he, first he said that the fall of 2022, but then he corrected himself because the fall of 2022, that's when we're going to start trending back down again. So the spring of 2022 is now the new target. So the boosters are going to carry you to that, right? That's going to be their next play. Is that right there? They're going to use the boosters, fuel that under emergency use authorization through the cold and flu season. And then you're going to see us start to trend back out of the normal cold and flu season. And that's when you're going to start seeing things open back up again, although this time it'll be less than what it is this past year. And that's what they're going to play. So here he is again on Anderson Cooper talking about the spring of 2022. Yeah, approval in a moment. First, I do want to ask you something about you the, that you said to NPR today. You said if the majority of Americans get vaccinated, quote, <laughs> we could start to really get some good control over this as we get back into the fall of 2022 a year from now. Is that the best case scenario? And what does control look like? No, you know, I, you know, I, uh, Anderson, I have to apologize. When I listened to the tape, I meant to say the spring of 2022. So I did misspeak. And in the conversation with Mary Louise Kelly, she was saying, when do I think we're going to start to get some control? I said, if we can get through this winter and get really the majority, overwhelming majority of the 90 million people 
who have not been vaccinated, vaccinated. I hope we could start to get some good control in the spring of 2022. I didn't mean the fall. I misspoke. My bad. Okay. What what does control, what does that that mean or what does that look like to you? Uh, Never ending. To me, that means that you have either the overwhelming majority of the population vaccinated, those who have been infected will have and, and have cleared the virus, will have a degree of protection. And we are recommending that those people also get vaccinated because Uh the degree of protection (laughs) that you could induce in someone who's been infected, who has then recovered and then vaccinated is an enormous increase in the degree of protection. Uh Uh If we could do that with the people who have been infected, get them revaccinated. The people who are unvaccinated now, that 90 million people, Uh get them vaccinated. I think we can get a degree of overall blanket protection of the community that as we get into the early part of 2022, getting through the winter, which could be complicated by influenza, by respiratory syncytial virus, that as we get into the spring, we could start getting back to a degree of normality, namely reassuming the things that we were hoping we could do. Restaurants, theaters, that kind of thing. But again, Uh there's a big caveat there, Anderson. This is a very wily virus. We thought we were going to have that degree of freedom as we got into the 4th of July and the summer. And then along comes a soccer punch with the, with the Delta variant, which is extraordinary in its capability of spreading from person to person. <laughs> so we hope we'll be there at the time frame that I mentioned correctly being right. the spring sure. of 2022. Uh-huh. But there's no guarantee because it's up Yeah, to there's us. no guarantee. If yeah. we keep lingering without getting those people vaccinated that should be vaccinated, this thing could linger on leading uh-huh. to the development of another variant, which could right. complicate things. Right. So it's within our power uh-huh. to get this under control. And what percentage? And that is to get vaccinated. Yeah. Now, see, it's 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 within our power. See, you notice how he blames you for all the problems. And then at the end, he passes the entire thing off onto you. You, you notice that that's what that was, that's what was done here. Oh, we want to get a handle on this. But see, it's those people that aren't doing what they're supposed to do. That's the problem. Well, then what are you concerned about? If if they're the ones that are going to go into the hospital and uh, float the medical expenses and all the rest of it, you're making money on that. What do you care? But it's more than that. It's more than that. What did Dr. Michael Yaden say? You come in contact with the SARS virus, the level of natural immunity that you will have will be a minimum of 20 years, if not the rest of your natural life. You will not get reinfected. You notice they're not talking about reinfection because there isn't any. They've never once mentioned anything about reinfection. I'm, st- I'm still waiting for some of them to say reinfection, reinfection, reinfection. They're not saying it. They're not saying it at all. The other thing that he's um, kind of skimming over there, he says, we're going to have to deal with another variant if we don't get these people vaccinated. Um, well, doctor, um, tell me, how many variations of the Spanish flu have there been? Oh, what's that? The current flu that we deal with now is a variation of the Spanish flu? Huh? Wait, what? Uh, but everybody, we, we have vaccines every year against the flu. It, 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 this is ludicrous saying that if we don't get everybody vaccinated, we're going to have to deal with another variant. You're going to deal with another variant, whether you get the entire population of the world vaccinated. It does not matter. There is going to be another variant. That's just that's the way these viruses work. So saying that we get everybody vaccinated, it's going to stop it is it's ludicrous. It, it just no, he, he's lying to you. 
Are you saying that Dr. Anthony Fauci is a liar? Are you yes, saying Yes, I'm that saying the, the sainted Dr. Anthony <laughs> Fauci sainted. is a liar. He spoke yeah. at the Vatican, Bruce. What's wrong with you? He had the blessing from the Pope. Goodness. Where's your yeah. where's your respect? <laughs> and and at the same time, we we we, we being the, the civilization jokes about and, and morbid humor humor about the um altar boys and whatnot at the um that the, the priests point. have fun with. Yeah. Fair point. Yeah. I want to take a moment here and I want to talk about something. I want to talk about an entertainer from New Zealand. Okay, so New Zealand, obviously, island nation right next to Australia, right? There's an entertainer down there by the name of Louis Nux. Now, he's been posting a lot of stuff on Twitter. You know, he's a, he's a rapper or something, rap artist, whatever. You know, he's, he's one of these people. And he's also been one of these pro-vax, uh, well, I shouldn't even say pro-vax, pro-COVID vaccine uh, types of things. He's an influencer, right? So... Not only do they have the influence or the big stars like the celebrities and stuff like this guy, not only do they have this, but they also go after the low level influencers and they're buying them off to get them to promote certain agendas when it comes to the COVID narrative, right? These are some of the tweets. I want to go over some of the tweets that this guy put out. And here they are on his verified Twitter page. All right. So May 28th of this past year. All right. So a few months ago, May 28th, he references a large crowd of protesters that are in Melbourne outside of the government building demanding that they end the lockdowns in the, the Australian state of Victoria. And he tweets the following. Seven days, you whiny F in babies, meaning they were supposed to end the lockdown, but they never did. Right. Now, mind you, this is a guy that's, you know, he's he's been jabbed, but he makes reference to that in a minute. So the next tweet that he puts out, he references protesters again on July 24th in Australia that uh, were swarming part of the city and marching down to the local government building, demanding an end to the lockdowns. You think that they might have a, a legitimate grievance here. Uh, and he says, imagine being this effing happy to be this effing stupid, talking about the protesters in the streets, actually just wanting to go back to normal life. Uh, and of course, later on, he responds to a tweet. He says, I'm aghast scanning these images to memory so I can punch one of these jerks in the jaw. Okay. July 24th, he said that. There was a video that was up the day after that that was circulating the internet. It was it was going viral. It was a guy that took the jab at one of these, these vaccine centers, and he literally goes into anaphylactic shock and starts seizing right there on the floor, right? And I think the guy, I don't know, but I think the guy even died because they, they drew the curtain, you know, uh, over him. But he tweets out the following to that video. And the person that posted the video said, apparently this is the new normal. Who knows this poor soul? Right. And he replies saying this. Mind you, he only got four likes. Right. So you could tell this guy was a real, you know, real, real winner. Uh, he says, maybe if the nurse pretends the syringe is a choo-choo train, the anti-vaxxers will take it. OK, you, you see you see the level of intelligence you're dealing with. Yeah. One lady tweets on August 8th. Right. So just a couple of weeks ago, she tweets eight to ten deaths from covid and 20 million plus locked up. Heart disease kills thousands a year. Does the government make them exercise? He responds with the following tweet. You can't catch heart disease from your neighbor who skulls McDonald's. Okay. All right. Now, again, you see the level of intelligence you're dealing with here. So July 16th. Okay. You back it up a month. All right. So July 16th, which would be about, uh, well, about a month and a week ago, right? So about 40, 45 days ago, roughly. Yeah, about 40 days ago. Morning after second Pfizer shot, sore arm. That's it. Mind you, Pfizer just got approved yesterday, right? August 15th, nine days ago. A fundraiser to bring home the body of Todd Williams, a.k.a. rapper Louis Nux, has reached its goal of $20,000 in less than two hours. The New Zealand hip-hop community has been mourning after the news of Williams' death broke on Friday. 
The circumstances surrounding his death are not yet known. Although he died while out running in Melbourne on Friday morning, he was 42 years of age. Gee, I wonder what killed him. He, he could have he could have gotten run over. They do drive on the wrong side of the road down there. That is true. Yeah, that, that, that is true. Yeah, that, that's, that's something you need to take into consideration. Yeah, I wasn't thinking about that. No, that's not a jab at our at our Aussie cousins or anything like that uh, or our New Zealand <laughs> listeners. You know, we, we appreciate you all very much. Uh, but I want to go to a clip here. Now, I, I, I said that I wanted to tell that story about this this Joker for a reason. But this is a video that is going viral on. Uh, well, it's just it's circulating on social media. YouTube and everybody are taking it down uh, as this guy speaks. This is a professor from Oxford College, who is a, who is a doctor, by the way, uh, and he speaks at a school board meeting, right? Because the school board meetings across the United States are blowing up right now. So take a listen to this. My name is Dr. Sean Brooks, PhD, um, Oxford. I have 48 publications, including 23 books. I've studied health medicine, anatomy, and physiology for approximately 21 years. Dr. Robert Malone, who created the messenger RNA vaccine, has said no one should ever take these jabs ever under any circumstance whatsoever. He created it and he says, don't ever do it. So let me explain what's going to happen to the people who have taken it. Excuse me. The people who have taken it are going to die in the next six months to three to five years for three reasons. Number one, you've dramatically decreased your own immune system by 35 percent. The first jab did it by at least 15. The second did it by 35. Now, if you take any booster shot, you will die. That's it. You take a flu shot in the future, you will die. The second reason, antibody-dependent enhancement. Antibody-dependent enhancement is what is happening with these jabs with everybody who has taken them. Unless, of course, you've taken a placebo. But there's no way that you would know that. So given that fact, antibody-dependent enhancement tricks the entire body into believing that the cell that's eating the pathogen is eating it when it isn't. It ends up leading to what's called a cytokine storm, which causes organ failure. That will cause your death, and there's no stopping that. No amount of drugs will stop that. The third thing, blood clotting. Everyone who has taken the jabs is blood clotting. If you don't believe me, there's a way you can find out. Take what's called a D-dimer test. What that does is that detects blood clotting at the microscopic level. They're cutting full blood clots out of people right now. As I'm talking to you, millions have died from the jabs. In your last meeting, you advocated for people to take the jabs potentially in the future, along with wearing masks. And I heard parents say the same thing. So to the parents who are actually considering jabbing their own children, you're going to sterilize them permanently. People who have taken the jabs are sterilized. 80% of women who have been jabbed have lost their children in the first trimester. You can't have kids. You've also injected yourself with the equivalent of HIV. You can now no longer breastfeed, donate blood, donate organs, donate blood plasma, nor bone marrow. If you don't believe me, try to donate blood and blood plasma and find out what happens. You will be denied. Unless, of course, you live in California, in which case they're allowing people to donate toxic blood with spike proteins in it. The jabs create spike proteins. They're in the jabs themselves, and they create it by snapping your RNA in half. You are no longer a human anymore. You are something else, and you are susceptible to countless diseases. Now, here's what's going to happen in the future very quickly. You have 15 seconds. Great. I don't know what percentage of your staff has taken the jabs, but your school is going to close. You will not stay open. You will close because they will fall ill and they will die. 
That will happen in all of your buildings. It will have. It's already happening. All right, thank you, sir. I'm, I bet it is. Thanks. It's already happening. Sure. Good luck, because nothing can stop what's thank coming. You, sir. Now I can't verify everything what that guy said. I can't do that. All I have are his credentials. Again, that's Dr. Sean Brooks, PhD of Oxford. Now, apparently, if you have a PhD from Oxford, that's supposed to mean something. But he made some pretty horrendous claims there. More horrendous than any of our research has turned out. But a lot of the things that he said goes along with the research that we found. And when I say research, I'm talking about verified research from places like the University of Galveston. When they tried to develop these vaccines, these are the problems that they ran into. Some of the things that he just mentioned there. We mentioned yesterday, and we've we've played it before, certain corporations in the world are in the process of doing something called succession planning. And they're doing succession planning based on the fact that they are planning to replace their employees that have been vaccinated up to three years from now. That would fit the timeline that he just mentioned. Six months to three years. What do you think of what he said? I, I just heard that clip this morning. I thought it deserved to play. What, what do you think of what he said? It's quite a bit more hyperbolic than what we've been talking about. But at the same time, uh, as you said, the, the, the research we were seeing out of Texas, they, they tested on uh, rats, cats, and ferrets, uh, all of which died of one of the things he was talking about there. Um, the cytokine storm, uh, pneumonia, blood clots, uh, stroke, you know, those kind of things, um, heart attack, which blood clots can cause stroke and heart attack. So, you know, um, so yeah, it, it, it's a bit more, um, I, I, I can't say for certainty that what he's saying will come to pass because it, humans are a little bit different than cats, rats, and ferrets, but nonetheless, that's what a hundred percent of the research showed or a hundred percent of the test subjects in the research showed. Uh, so, um, I, I, I lean towards it's very likely that, that, that you'll see the same in, in humans. Mm -hmm. Although it's going to take a, lo a little bit longer time. I mean, all the doctors that we've been listening to, uh, such as Dr. Sherry Tenpenny, Dr. Well, even the one that he mentioned there, Dr. Robert Malone, I talked about him a couple of days ago, the guy that invented the mRNA vaccine itself. He said, there's absolutely no reason why you should take any of these. There's no reason for that. No reason whatsoever. And what kind of treatment is that guy getting in the mainstream media? Don't you think that if they're pushing an mRNA vaccine, it would stand to reason that they would want the inventor of it up there on the stages in the limelight singing its praises? He's not. He's not allowed to speak. Wouldn't he also be if he's the inventor of it and they're uh, it was highly effective, it was good. Don't you think he would be up there? singing the praises on it as well. Like he would be the poster child of this mRNA vaccine. And just the fact that he's not, I don't know. It should, it should cause question. It should cause question. Yes, but it doesn't, it doesn't, but I would heed the good doctor's warnings here. People that have not taken this thing yet. And I've been hearing it from people that have, and they're saying, stand your ground. Do not under any circumstances, put yourself in that position. Don't take it. Don't do it. As this situation continues to spiral out of control, and it is, as he said, and this is exactly what I said to somebody the other day when we were talking about COVID passports, what he said there at the end, he says, your school is going to close. It will close because your employees are going to come down, the ones that you mandate, like de Blasio and all the rest of these, these freaks are doing. 
they're going to mandate that the teachers get them. And when the teachers get them, they're going to come down sick and a lot of them are going to pass. The research shows it. I'm not being hyperbolic. The research shows it. And I remember saying to somebody, I said, don't worry about those COVID passports. And they said, why not? I said, because they're not going to be there for very long. And the reason they're not going to be there for very long is because sooner or later, they are not going to have enough people left to show the passports. All right, let's dip over to um, dip over to Afghanistan. Jen Psaki, <laughs> you, you really, you, you could not, you could not make this up. Jen Psaki at the White House on her take on whether or not we have people stranded in Afghanistan. You are not going to believe this. You got to hear this. There are materials and equipment. But does the president have a sense that most of the criticism is not of leaving Afghanistan? It's the way that he has ordered it to happen by pulling the troops before getting these Americans who are now stranded. Does he have a sense of that? First of all, I think it's irresponsible to say Americans are stranded. They are not. <laughs> we are committed to bringing Americans who want to come home home. We are in touch with them via phone, via text, via email, via any way that we can possibly reach Americans uh -huh. to get them home if they want to return home. There are right. no Americans stranded is the White House's official position on what's happening in Afghanistan. Right? I'm just calling you out for saying that we are stranding Americans in Afghanistan when I said when we have been very clear that we are not leaving Americans who want to return home, we are going to bring them home. And I think that's important for the American public to hear and understand. Okay. And then follow. Uh huh. Uh, do you hear that, Bruce? We don't have anyone stranded. We're doing everything we can to, uh, to get Americans out that want to leave. You hear that? You hear this? Uh, lady, we've got estimates of up to 45,000 on the ground over there. The DOD said today, today, that if the Biden administration sticks to the August 31st deadline, we will not, hear me, we will not be able to get our people out. But Pisaki just said that we were and that we will. So clearly they must be lying to us, the DOD. Clearly. I have no doubt, and it pains me to say this, I have no doubt that this administration and these these jokers and, and, and losers and whoever in the hell else they got in here, I have no doubt that they are going to leave Americans stranded there. I have no doubt about that. Because these are the kind of people that they are. There was a text message that was released yesterday. It was from a staffer up on the Hill. And it was about a senior Democratic Party member on the Hill and their reaction to the um, refugee influx. I'm quoting here. They're terrified this will do nothing except build a GOP massive war chest for the midterms. The vetting is few and far in between. Furthermore, thousands who played no part in working with us throughout the past 20 years have managed to either get a ride or are in line for one. Yet thousands of our own citizens can't even make it to the airport, nonetheless a ride home. It's all falling apart. Those are the text messages that are circulating inside Capitol Hill. And I'm sure you'll find the same text messages that are circulating inside 1600 Pennsylvania. Uh, they're not wrong. This this will help the GOP. But the, the problem is the GOP is just as much of a problem. Uh, I mean, where have, have we seen the GOP stand up and say anything regularly other than the usuals? Cotton? No. Cruz? No. Paul? No, they're still no. they're still playing it. Now, the GOP, they're still playing it like this is 1985. That, that's what they're doing. They're literally playing this like this was 30 years ago, where you can still kind of not say anything and and go out and make little political statements on the media. And, and that's, you know, you get your little quote in The New York Times 
and in the Wall Street Journal, and everybody goes to dinner after that. They still think that that's where we're at. These are ruthless, cutthroat people on the other side of that aisle. Hell, there's not even another side of an aisle at this point. It's a uniparty. That's what we're dealing with. As you said, when you, it's when just you... a few. It's just a few. It's Cotton, it's Cruz, it's it's uh, uh, it, it's Paul and, and Marshall and Kennedy. It's, ju- it's just a few of these. Mike Lee from Utah uh, and a few others. Uh, uh, what's the other one? Uh, McCarthy and a couple others. That, I mean, that, that's really about it. And it, it, some of those are even a stretch. So when you look at it from just the perspective of how many politicians are out there for you, uh, yeah, exactly what you said. They're They're all against us at this point. Uh, except for a handful, like you were saying there. So, no, nah. this is the worst military operation ever done by the U.S. Um, so, nah, the, the, the thing I'm I'm legitimately concerned about is if we don't get our troops, our, our our troops, our people, our citizens, our immigrants, uh, the refugees, if we don't get them all out by the refugees 31st. Are, no, refugees are finished. Uh, the Taliban came out today publicly and stated on you know Al Jazeera, BBC, all, all the usuals. They said we will no longer allow any Afghani nationals to leave the country. Only foreigners. Yeah. Um, do you know what happens? Do you know what happens to the women that were on the national soccer team in Afghanistan? Yeah, they get executed. Do you know what happens to anyone that aided uh, foreigners, such as? um aided the uk or us or any of the the you know uh do you know what happens to them they executed a comedian uh, an afghani national yeah. who was a comedian they executed him yesterday yeah <laughs> uh, if you have the bible app on your phone if you have uh an american cell phone or, or american number you're executed like it's so yeah uh we've we've got a, a hostage situation in afghanistan We've got thousands of American citizens that are being held hostage, immigrants, refugees. Um, And apparently our administration sees fit to tuck its tail between its legs and take the beating instead of using the massive firepower that we have and crushing the Taliban. And because, again, that's the language they understand. They understand the language of violence. That is a universal language. Now, see, Bruce, we can't do that. We can't do that. Because as you can see here, Bond, <laughs> this is, I, I'm sure it's just a coincidence. This is the, uh, uh, this is the uh, Pakistani minister of state in the blue there. And next to him, uh, they're both enjoying wonderful cigars, uh, probably from Cuba. That's the uh, the Chinese ambassador. And you know, see, they're such dear friends. Yeah, they're, they're such dear friends. Isn't Pakistan supposed to be our ally? I mean, that's what I thought. We've How many billions and billions and billions of dollars have we given them? Yeah. You cannot make up what I'm about to say. The Taliban has appointed former Guantanamo Bay detainee Mullah Abdul Kayom Zakir as the acting defense minister. This is the guy that Jen Psaki, White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki said, I'm sorry, I, I can't confirm that. I'm going to have to refer you to intelligence on that. And I said he's literally sitting right next to the guy who's the spokesman for the Taliban in the presidential palace. He's literally at his left hand right there. That's him. You don't need to look to intelligence, lady. You need to have intelligence, but you don't need to look to intelligence to confirm that. They just named him the defense minister of the Islamic Emirate of Afghanistan. You couldn't make it up. Now, if that's not bad enough, if that's not bad enough, the CIA director, William Burns, you know, that 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 guy. Yeah. He met with the Taliban leader in Kabul. Really? That doesn't seem suspicious or anything. And they were they were questioned about it 
At the Pentagon? Oh, no, we don't know anything about that. No, we, we don't know anything about that. What do you mean you don't know anything about it? He was there. It's it's reported all over the press. He was there. And not only... No, it gets better. It gets better. Not only... It, this just came out about 15 minutes ago. Not only did he go to Kabul and meet with them, he flew from the UK before he went to Kabul. So, uh, just out of curiosity, if, uh, if we had someone in the Pentagon that just went on a secret trip to talk to an enemy leader and that department didn't have any idea about it what wouldn't you then do an investigation on that person uh to figure out what what just happened uh, wouldn't there be some kind of like i don't know uh potential security risk or something? This was first reported by the Washington Post, but of course, you know, Reuters and Fox and all the rest of them, you know, picked it up after that. The rendezvous was the highest level in-person meeting between the Biden administration and the Taliban since they took the Capitol earlier this month. Yeah. Uh, the meeting took place as the U.S. continued to evacuate Americans still remaining in Afghanistan and Afghan allies who had assisted the American forces before the government fell in Taliban, or to the Taliban. But yet the Taliban declared today that it will no longer allow Afghans to leave the country and they will not extend the deadline of August 31st for us to get our people out. Bear that in mind. France's foreign minister... Uh, excuse me, uh, France, the UK and Germany have all mentioned extending the August 31st withdrawal deadline uh, in order to carry out an orderly exit, but of their people. Remember, they asked NATO to stay behind. France, Germany and the UK are all NATO members. So maybe they can let that one slip by. Don't know. Maybe our people that are left, if we can somehow get them on a ride with the French, the British or the Germans, that would greatly help us out. We would really appreciate that. You know, we've been scratching your all's back for many, many years now. That's not a jab at your populations either. I'm talking about the governments. We've been scratching your all's back for many, many years now. Maybe you could scratch ours just this once, just this once. Uh, you know, uh, I, I, I want our people out. Uh, but at the same time, um, I want those nations to take care of their people first. I do, too. Yeah, I, I do, too. That, yeah, that's, that's not what I meant. I, 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 of course, I want them to get their people out. But... Let's be honest. Uh, if we have some of our people there and they need a ride out and they don't have enough of their people there yet to get them out, if there's a few extra seats and that plane needs to get off the tarmac, get on the plane. Yeah, agreed. Uh, I, I would like to see that as well. Um, if they if they can spare the space, then that would be greatly appreciated because it's it's not it's not fair to the individual person that the government just flipped them the bird and said, we're going to leave you here when they had the power and the potential to not even power and potential. They had the duty and responsibility to get those people out of there. But uh, I military soldiers have said this time and time again to me, you're just a number to the government. They don't really care about you. That's that's what I've heard on many occasions. Just shut up and be a number. That's it. And I, a friend of mine who was uh, who was still in the uh, U.S. Armed Forces, I will not say which branch or what he does. He's told me from the time we were 18 years old, he said, do you know what the uh, military is? I said, no, what is it? And he says, hurry up and wait. That's all it is. Yep. Just a bunch of waiting. You're waiting to live. You're waiting to die. You're waiting to go here. You're waiting to go there. You're waiting to sleep. You're waiting to eat. Just waiting. The Pentagon said on, in a Monday briefing that it will consider leaving American troops in Afghanistan past August 31st uh, in consultation with Biden and allies. Yeah, because he knows what he's doing. Uh, but dismiss the idea of the U.S. military taking back uh, Bagram Airfield to speed up evacuations. Uh, why did we abandon it in the first place? Why did we tuck tail and run in the middle of the damn night? We, we could have been evacuating our people for months now, months. 
You pull our people out. You pull up all of our assets on the ground. You get the contractors out. You make sure everyone gets out from the civilian side. Then you pull the military. You get all of our gear out, all the rest of it, everything. And then you pull our guys out. It's a simple procedure. Out of curiosity, how long did the president know again that we that there was a, 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 a scheduled pullout? Uh, since before he took office. Yeah. Uh, and when was that day? The first deadline. It was May 1st, right? It's May 1st, yeah. Well, they were busy on um, May 1st. You know, that's, that's May Day. You know, that's commie day. A true. Um, so it stands to reason that maybe he and his administration, his cabinet, should have had a plan to get people out beforehand and not sent everyone to a single location that could easily be detained by Taliban and insurgents. Don't you think it would have been uh, prudent to have a some kind of plan to get the civilians and the immigrants and the refugees out first and then the military? And then if the Taliban poke their head out, you, you smack them down. Uh, you would think that would be the logical thing to do. But um, we, we have a president that doesn't know what day of the week it is. So, I mean, Representative Dan Crenshaw from Texas. Everybody knows Dan Crenshaw. You know, the guy with the eye patch, Dan Crenshaw. Did time and country over there, that Dan Crenshaw, put out a tweet. I'm not going to repeat the uh, the latter part of it, uh, but everybody gets the idea. He says, the only proper response from, from America to these dirty, savage terrorists should be, go F yourself. All right, we're out of time, so we are going to have to go. You know, Bruce, we were wanting to do a short one today. Whatever happens to those things? <laughs> I don't think we know how to do short ones. <laughs> I don't think we do either. But I, I did forget to mention one thing earlier, and I'll mention it right here at the end because it is extremely important. You know, we're headed into hurricane season, right? I mean, hurricane season's already started, but you know, we're headed into hurricane season. The CDC has posted a new guideline today about what you can do to prepare for a hurricane. Okay. So I'll leave this as the parting, you know, as our, as our last line for the night. Uh, follow, this is directly from their website. I'm not making this up. Preparing for a hurricane. Follow these important hurricane preparedness tips from the CDC. Prepare for a hurricane. Take basic steps now to ensure your safety should a storm hit. Right? Everybody's doing that up in New York, New Jersey, and Massachusetts, everything. Yeah, it's Rhode Island. Yeah, they, they bore the brunt of that. Yeah, hurricane hit up there. Oh, it's just climate change, right? It's man-made climate change. Now, they say here, they, they lead off with this. Get a COVID-19 vaccine as soon as you can. <laughs> COVID-19 vaccines help protect you from getting sick or severely ill with COVID-19 and may help protect people around you. OK, that's the first thing you should do in preparing for a hurricane, OK, is just like just like the director of FEMA and the Louisiana governor said, you can do a lot of things to get prepared for this hurricane season, including getting a COVID-19 vaccine, right? So the CDC has now made that a broad thing. So you don't necessarily have to be in the state of Louisiana now. Now you can be anywhere. So you want to make sure you get a COVID-19 vaccine before you go into the hurricane season. And then, of course, the next, uh, get emergency supplies, uh, make a plan, uh, prepare to evacuate, protect older adults, protect your pets, uh, check with your friends and neighbors and all the rest of it. But to lead off, right? Make sure that you get a COVID-19 vaccine as soon as you can, right? Because that's going to protect you above all else. That's going to protect you during the hurricane season. So I just thought I'd leave. I'd like to leave that, you know, that that parting words of wisdom that was put out by the CDC today. So the so hurricanes are checking your uh, vaccine status before it. I guess. Yeah, they're going to they're going they, to they're gonna need your vaccine passport to make sure that they avoid your house. See, it's just like when you were sitting down in a restaurant and you didn't have to wear a mask because the virus knew not to bother you. 
while you were sitting there because you were eating. So it, it would just come back later or, or it would go over top of your head like they had in the in the, uh, the diagrams in California. So in this case, if you show the hurricane your vaccine passport or your vaccination card, then it should be it should just go right past you. It's not going to knock your house over, I guess. Yeah, seems uh, seems great. I mean, it, it totally makes sense. Uh, clearly, you know, hurricanes are sentient and they, they, they know those kind of things. I mean, clearly. And it, it's also within the CDC's purview to direct people on what to do in case of a natural disaster. Uh, clearly, that's their. Right, right. Because, well. Well, not only is it their expertise, but they also advise travel now. So they are now basing threat levels in every country. So like, for example, right now where I am, uh, Germany's on the same level as Afghanistan. I'm not joking. Uh, same thing with the UK. Uh, same thing with Israel. It's the same level of Afghanistan. You couldn't make it up. Anyway. All right. Uh, we really are out of time, so we are going to have to go. So for those of you who are not signed up to our Telegram page, get over there and get signed up to us. We do all of our podcasts we do here every day. We also put out an exclusive podcast once a week just for our subscribers on Telegram. So get over there and get signed up to us. Also, if you'd like to reach out to us, you can do so anytime by dropping us an email at dynamicpodcast at protonmail.com. And we would ask you to pass this along to friends, family, and known associates. We are trying to grow, but we do need your help in order to do that. So if you could pass this along, we would appreciate that. We are available everywhere you get your podcasts. Also, if you're rating podcasts, if you give us a rating when you get a chance, we'd appreciate that as well. Five stars would be a plus. Thank you very much. All right, that's it for today. Thank you for being here today, Bruce. Thank you to all the listeners. Everyone have a great evening.